Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of North Shore News Week. I am Joe Coglin, and alongside me are my two dogs, Pippa and Rue, because uh, this is the first episode we're doing solo here. Uh, so hope you stick with me as we go through the show, uh, which is just a, a another way for you guys to take in the news of the week in your community. We're going to run through the top headlines of the week at therecordnorthshore.org, your friendly neighborhood nonprofit news site. Uh, remember that we are nonprofit, so all support, whether donations or subscriptions, are welcome at any time. So please check it out for all the stories you're about to hear here, here, and more. We start with our lead story. We're going to start in Wilmette. A bus was stolen from the church parking lot, and it was not just any bus. The Winnetka Covenant Church used this bus to transport seniors to the facility. It just got the bus in July, so less than a month later, it was stolen from its parking lot. It had hopes of using the bus uh, to transport students, uh, I shouldn't say students, but um, church youth uh, to and from retreats and maybe other things um, that they go to. But every week so far, it was picking up um, senior citizens from Covenant Living in Northbrook and bringing them to the church for services. And um, it was stolen. The church was broken into on August 11th overnight. And the, the keys were taken out of one of the offices there in the church building. And then uh, the, the, the van was stolen. It was actually a bus, one of the short buses. It had the name of the church along the side. And police are still investigating. They have, no, uh, they have not seen the bus. Uh, I'm sure it can't be too hard to find. But um, obviously, um, they're still looking for it. And the church hopes for it back. The funding for the bus was actually donated by a congregant of the church. And then uh, before that, the church was renting a bus every single week to transport the senior citizens. And thanks to this gift, was able to buy a bus of its own in July. And just like that, um, it was stolen. So case is still open and active, but that's what we got. Pretty um, disheartening story out of Wilmette for Winnetka Covenant Church. And yes, it is Winnetka Covenant Church, but that is on Wilmette right there on Hibbert Road um, in the community. So... Check out the rest of that story, and hopefully we have an update that they found the bus, but not yet um, about a week later. That's our lead story. Then we're going to move to up and down the shore, which is um, we go from our northernmost community, Glencoe, down to our southernmost, which is Wilmette. We kind of give you a story that we've covered um, in all those communities. We start in Glencoe, where um, last night they held their village board meeting. Last night would be Thursday. Um, we're recording this on a Friday. And at their village board meeting, um, an interesting set of uh, an interesting announcement uh, by both the village president and the village manager. Village president Howard Rowan made a statement um, pleading with residents to get vaccinated. Um, the village is currently about at 69% vaccinated, fully vaccinated, which puts it on par with its uh, with its neighbors. Um, Will Metz at about 71 and a half. Winneka Northfield 68. Kenilworth 66. And so on. It's it's more than the county, which is at 51% vaccinated. Um, but Rowan said we can do better and keep Glencoe safe. And kind of with that context in mind and the charging Delta variant um, that's that's uh, uh, causing cases to rise as well as positivity rate all over the country, um, Glencoe decided that it's much anticipated Glencoe live concert coming up in which OAR is the star attraction uh, will be 
um, vaccination only. So you will uh, need to provide either a proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to enter. It is a sold out show. So all 3000 ticket holders or anybody that's entering the concert must show proof of vaccination or, or have um, a negative COVID test, a recent negative COVID test. So a uh, big announcement there from the village of Glencoe that from their meeting, um, similar circumstances from Lollapalooza and um, Phil Corrali, the village manager said if they can do it at Lollapalooza, which hosted 400,000 people um, is actually short of that, but around there, we have no doubt that they can do it here in Glencoe with 3000. So still a big task for a local, um, local government and local organizers, but um, the concert Glencoe live is a, um, is a fundraiser as well for the local PTO there in Glencoe. Um, another large-scale event that's coming up in Glencoe is the Last Blast of the Summer, um, which is a delayed fireworks show from the 4th of July. It's on Friday, September 3rd. Uh, that's being held at a different venue, Lakefront Park. A lot more room to roam, according to village officials, so you will not have to require vaccination proof there or a negative test. Um, they said just because of the expanse of grounds, um, which is uh, not comparable to the inexpansive grounds of where the concert will be held the very next day. Um, they will not require COVID tests for those, but there is one for the concert on September 4th. Skipping down one community, right down Sheridan Road, we'll stop in Winneka, where Winneka District 36 is the latest to set their back-to-school plans. Um, very similar to what we heard out of Glencoe 35, as well as Nutrier 203. Um, and other, you know, Avoca as well has a very similar plan, all those feeder schools to Nutria High School, in that uh, masks indoors, just like the mandate from the governor, following, following in line with that, um, testing, which is optional, and quarantines will be limited because of kind of some changes um, in the definition for what is a close contact. Um, in short, um, if you are fully vaccinated, you will not have to quarantine after being in close contact, which is now instead of within six feet as it was last year, it's within three feet for a significant amount of time. Um, you will not have to if you are vaccinated. If you are vaccinated, you do have some options. There is a test to stay option in which you can uh, test on the on days one, three, five, and seven. And if you test negative, you can stay in school. Um, and um, so um, there are also quarantines for 10 days if they're symptom-free, um, seven days if they remain symptom-free and a negative test. So check out the story. It's nuanced. Um, just the, the, the changes in the quarantine protocol. Unlike last year, it's not so cut and dry with close contact. The whole class has to quarantine or uh, anybody that was in there in, in close contact with the person. There are. Uh, it's a more nuanced approach now that we know more about um, the disease moving forward. So. Check that out of Winneka D36. We're going to go west for a little bit, cross Willow Road, and walk to Northfield, uh, where we have an interesting story. Northfield is planning a um, roadway slash infrastructure improvement to the Hap Road Corridor, which runs right through its downtown. Its main intersection right there at Hap and Willow is kind of the uh, the entryway to the downtown area. Um, so it's it's working through the process of a safety plan to make things more convenient and safer for both pedestrians and motorists. Uh, one of the highlights here is Pedestrian Island, right at that main inter intersection of Hap, and um, it's kind of that tricky 
diagonal intersection where Orchard Lane comes in, and then there's that very um, wide intersection right at Hap Road. Um, Mariano's is on one side, and then Stormy's and Hap Inn is on the other. Um, so that intersection right there, there will be a pedestrian refuge island, they're calling it, um, similar to a roundabout, but it won't be that um, that same amount of signage and um, traffic that you're going to see, uh, but it'll be a just an apparatus right there in the middle of the intersection that they're hoping for. There will also be increased signage. Um, they're also hoping for stoplights a little more south around Winneka Road, because um, since there's a park right there, um, they're hoping for some more um, safety measures is there as well. So. Uh, Elaine Trinko, our intern, broke it all down for you. We have some images of what these things may look like as well in Northfield. So please take a look at the story again, like all these stories. Um, they're explained in more detail on the site. But a safety road improvement project for Northfield is moving forward. Still months away from a groundbreaking there, uh, but uh, they're pushing forward on some of the plans so they can apply for grants and other things like that. So that is Northfield. Um, we're going to go back across Willow Road and back toward the Lake Shore. So we hit Kenilworth, where um, the trustees okayed a fitness center coffee shop, uh, but with some limitations. So um, this was a proposal, a multi-use proposal that came across in December of 2020, in which the applicant wants to move their fitness studio, uh, which is called Practice Aura USA, from Wilmette to Kenilworth, and then kind of expand with also a coffee shop style cafe as well as an art gallery right there. So a multi-use facility on the first floor and then the second floor, we're talking some residential units, um, just a couple of those on the second floor. Um, a lot of the trustees had some issues, parking concerns. Um, they called the parking situation right now on, on Green Bay Road in Kenilworth um, a growing problem. Um, so the class capacity was the main focus of conversation, according to our reporter there, Peter Kaspari, um, who talked about how um, the applicant wanted 31 spots, um, but the village board decided to down that to 21 spots uh, in the morning and in the afternoon, in the midday. Um, that's only going to be 10 participants in a class period, the busiest time of day um, in the morning. Um, we're looking at 21 in the afternoon, 21 as well. So they're hoping that uh, is, uh, is uh, a, a reasonable use for the applicant. And, um, you know, they'll get started with, if it is, um, just down the road are some, um, will be some plans for groundbreaking and uh, construction and renovations and things like that. But right now we're still in the design phases and the planning stages and to see if everything's appropriate with the applicant. So check out that story. Again, a lot more detail there from Peter uh, about a new coffee shop right there at on uh, Green Bay Road in Kenilworth. We're going to go down to Wilmette and finish things up here. Uh, we have a couple stories. I'm going to hit you with both real quick. First, this was at the end of last week that we reported on it, but we missed it here in the podcast, so I'm going to mention it. A Wilmette um, teenager is facing charges for fleeing the scene of an accident of a fatal hit and run in which he was the driver and killed pedestrian Marsha Morris in Lincolnwood earlier this year. It was actually in July. Um, a lot more details came out about this, but Graham Weisbluth is an 18-year-old from Wilmette who, <clears throat> who uh, allegedly was driving a Santa Fe that struck and killed uh, Miss Morris 
um, a 63-year-old woman from Chicago who was walking along to Avenue when she was struck right by the Lincoln Town Center. Um, Weisbluth fled the scene, um, according to the documentation, uh, went home, told his father. Uh, they returned later that night um, and found out that the woman died, um, returned again to their home. Nobody called the police or the authorities. And then Mr. Weisbluth, the 18-year-old, um, turned himself in two days later um, to police. So um, again, another nuanced story, lots of details here, but uh, Graham Weisbluth was charged with fleeing the scene um, and he had his first court hearing last week. Police found corroborating evidence on the scene, pieces from Graham's car, as well as text, they recovered text message in which um, Weisbluth allegedly admitted um, leave, uh, being the driver to a friend and they recovered those text messages um, so <clears throat> check out that story. Um, he has another court hearing in uh, September, September 8th, um, according to the uh, Lincolnwood Police of, uh, Chief of Police. Um, there's a clear indicator in the law that someone should stop or they are criminally liable, as is with this case. Not stopping does not allow us to complete a timely investigation. Whether someone is impaired when driving is something that is unknown, and coming in two days later, it is difficult to obtain and there are no indicators for us to say he was or not impaired. There, Parrot said there also, um, it does not appear there will be further charges in this case. But um, we'll stay on top of it and let you guys know further, but check out that full story. want to touch on one other thing that came out of the library board meeting this week in Wilmette. Longtime trustee Jan Barshi resigned after she's in the middle of her third term as a library trustee. Um, so in one... Swift motion, um, the board accepted her resignation. They announced the vacancy um, uh, on the board and they appointed Stuart Wolf to the seat. Stuart Wolf was a two-time, uh, two-term trustee who finished fourth out of six in the voting in the April 6th election for three open seats. So they kind of went right down the, uh, uh, from the voting results and tabbed Stuart, who has plenty of experience working on the library board to fill that vacant seat. Um, so a change in the library board, um, the, the board praised the efforts of, of Jan, who, who sent a resignation that, uh, her letter of resignation that some health concerns is keeping her from doing her duties. And she felt it was in the best interest for everyone to step down. And that is up and down the shore. Quite a lot there to cover. I hope you guys followed along with me. Again, those stories and more you can find on our website. So make sure to check that out. We move on to our featured feature. We're going to wrap things up here with um, just an emotional story, a sensitive story about a nonprofit called Paul Pause for Patrick, which was founded by uh, Glencoe native um, <clears throat> Franzi Romer. And uh, it's in honor of her son, Patrick, who uh, died via suicide in May of 2020. Um, and... Patrick suffered um, and battled depression, anxiety for years, according to his mother. And, you know, but one thing he could always find comfort and some relief in was his rescue dog, Cece. So pause for Patrick hopes to pay that forward in a way and um, make accessible um, therapy dogs as well as um, uh, any other sort of comfort dog support animals for those suffering from mental illness or battling mental illness. Um, just a really cool story about how this story, how this 
how this organization Pause for Patrick came about, what it what, what it is all about, and how many people it's helping so far. Um, we have this was uh, reported by Elaine Trinko, our intern. We also have kind of the rundown of how you you yourself can go to pauseforpatrick.org and um, apply for and request an emotional support animal. And um, it gives some more details of how many people Pause for Patrick has helped so far. Um, so please check it out. Important organization um, and uh, in the memory of Patrick Roman. And that's all we got for you. We made it through. I made it through um, doing it solo. I'm a little um, out of breath at, the, at this time, but I hope you guys bared with me. And please go make sure to go to the website, check out all those stories. And we got plenty more coming up. Um, so please check that out and so much, much, much more. Um, thank you guys for listening. Till next time.